Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. And they have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Ryan and I are coming off of a really fun episode last week where we came in and got to talk about the first week of the Kings games. Uh, It was a great time. If you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What is going on? We're recording Sunday morning, November 6th. We're here pretty early as the the time change. I've I've been up for a while, but uh, the time change fell back today. But we are recording early because it's fucking football season. And I'm going to go sit on my couch and not move from 10 a.m. till about 7.30 p.m. I'm extremely excited. I uh, I got a shit ton of chores to do around the house that I'm absolutely not going to do. So it's a good Sunday, man. I, I'm I'm extremely happy to be here. De'Aaron Fox from the logo last night in Orlando to, to call game in overtime was... Uh, a very, very good sight to see, even though they probably should have been up by uh, a lot more and probably won the game in regulation. You know, I'm sure we're going to hop into it, but bad teams, man, you know, you don't let them stick around. It was a fun game for sure. Not a fun game, fun ending to a game. Uh, I didn't, I never lost faith, Ryan. And because I, middle of the game, they're down, they're chasing, and I did say, on Kingsland game thread, I did say bet the money line on the Kings. It was like plus, you know, 300 or something. Someone's like, are you sure? And I'm like, you got to pay to play, boys. Uh, speaking of betting, Ryan, bet online. Uh, I'm going to read the ad right now because I wanted you. I want you guys to get this stuff in. You guys need to get on it because Ryan and I are on it. Basketball's back and bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, players, news, and games trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ryan, I always wonder about the uh, shows out there. Because I don't, you know, that aren't talking about betting. I feel like that's like part of the deal now for, you know, podcasts and, you know, YouTube shows and all of that. And I, I don't know. I don't really see too much betting talk. I've seen a little bit out there. Like Hellbell Kingdom started a little, putting a little, you know, stuff out there. But out in Kingsland, I don't see anybody talking about betting besides us. And uh, I'm wondering why that is, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people just don't know how to bet, though. Like, to be real, it's still early in the game to where a lot of people just, you know, aren't educated on that. Or, uh, you know, some people are just fucking cheap asses. So, you know, I, I love the bets, man. I bet every single day. Uh, sorry, I was a little distracted as you were talking on there, dude. I, I scroll Twitter while we're uh, while we're talking just to, you know, just in case any breaking news pops up that we can uh, break on the podcast that oh, we don't God. even record that we don't even record live. But journalism. Uh, yeah, no, uh, dude, as you're talking, there's like this fake tweet going out about Kyrie Irving retiring after all the the bullshit. So I was a little distracted trying to look into that. Not fucking true as usual. Well, okay, I guess the, yeah, journalism, I guess maybe that goes into it. Maybe a lot of the people want to be professionals. They, they're trying to be too legit, too legit media, and they don't want to touch the stuff. They don't want to cuss. They don't want to, you know, have heart takes. They want to be journalists. So maybe that's why they don't talk about betting. So that that could be it. 
and we're not that. Um, let's talk. I, 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 I'm gonna break in the player. Actually, I'm gonna break in the player. You know, that's what we got to bring in the pot. I got it. I got a player this time. I got you last week, Ryan. No, no you, you didn't. No, you did. Okay, you got it. My bad. It was uh, Antonio Davis. That's last week's player. All right. Here's our segment. We're bringing the podcast where I give Ryan a random NBA player from our childhood, and he has to guess the player based on their bio. This player, Ryan, he is from Yugoslavia. He's Slovenian, Serbian, Greek, Yugoslavian. Seven feet tall, 255 pounds. First pick uh, in the first first round, 17th pick, sorry, in the 1998 draft by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Played overseas until 99. Here's his teams, Ryan. 99-03, Timberwolves. 03 to 06, Spurs. 06 to 08, Raptors. 08 to 09, Pacers. Uh, finished his career off with a slight stint in the Raptors. He won a championship in 05, Ryan. Um, and let's see. That's probably that's probably as much as I'm willing to give you here. You say 610? Uh, he is seven feet tall. They don't make him like this Christ. anymore is all. No, they say. don't make him like this. Played for I mean, drafted by Minnesota in '99. Played on there till '03. Then he was on the Spurs right after that. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it's not it's not Russian Asterovich. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah, Russian Asterovich. I mean, that's the only person I could think of. But yeah, uh, it's it's Russian yeah. Asterovich. They they don't I, make them. They don't make them like Russian Asterovich no more. Big body. I didn't realize you. Yeah. Yeah. That full hella sucked. All right, this is my thing about Russian Asterovich, okay? Back in the day, like, when we used to play hella NBA Live, like, 04 and 05 and shit, dude, the Spurs were loaded. Like, I remember, like, but you couldn't use the Spurs on the game because Russian Asterovich's punk ass was on the roster, dude. <laughs> like, and I remember using, I remember, uh, I remember just being pissed off because I'm like, man, this Spurs team, I remember putting Tim Duncan at center and putting Robert Ori in the game and turning that fatigue off, bro, just so I didn't have to play Russian Asterovich's punk ass. They just don't make them like this anymore. And that's just, you know, sometimes I point out these players and what's going through my head is I'm reading them. I was like, dude, would this player even fucking play in the NBA now? And Russia, I, I don't no. think Russia and Asterovich would play in the NBA. But then you got to think about the evolution and like maybe he would shoot. I don't know. I don't really want to play that game right now, but uh, a classic from back in the day. All right. So let's talk about the Kings, man, because there's a lot of games this week. And let's see, pulling up the schedule, where to start. We can start last night because it's fresh on their minds and then we can probably go from there. Um, all right. So they they come out last night. They're getting dogged early, and then everyone is just on on the threads. It's just like we shouldn't have taken them lightly. I'm like, okay, I don't think took them lightly. Uh, it's kind of surprising. The Magic are definitely one of those teams. I'll start this off, Ryan. That just has been bad for a long time now, and they they made a trade to get even more picks. So they just got like a bunch of random young players. I don't really see a lot of meshing going on there entirely. I think eventually it'll come. Um, but a lot, a lot of, a lot of cool young athletic players. Uh, and so I guess you can explain that's why it came out. I think the Kings have some weaknesses, which we could talk about. Um, but like I had mentioned halfway through, you know, I'm telling everyone bet the Kings money line because I'm just going to play the odds. Kings are better. And really this last week, Ryan, they've shown that they get down, they make adjustments. You make that, you made that comment to me when we were talking before. Like they get down, they make adjustments, and honestly, uh, Darren Fox just balling one out. I'm gonna put my faith in him when it comes down to it. You get a ten point game against a bad team in the second half. I'm gonna bet him to close the gap, and that's kind of what happened last night. Plus the game winner. You know what I mean? Well, you know, anytime that uh, you know when you're when you're playing a, a team like Orlando, like I said, bad team some good young pieces and you clearly are the best player on the court clearly at some point. All right. And this is what a lot of people have hate on deer and Fox Bell. At some point, people are like, at some point he's got to take over at some point he, for all these years, he's got to do something. He's got, he fucking last night, he said, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm fucking tired of this. I'm not going to let Jalen Suggs guard me. Right, like you're gonna try to put bowl bowl on me with like 25 seconds left in the game? Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, at at some point you got to step up and say enough's enough. And I think Darren Fox last night officially said, you know what? I'm the best fucking player on the court. A lot of times that I step out on the I step out there, I'm ending this shit right now. And uh, 
he went on that run, what was it, 12 points in the fourth quarter and in overtime, you know, and it was like, uh, and I think it was the 12 points, like pretty much from like three minutes in, uh, three from three minutes to the end of the game through the fourth quarter or so, or through the overtime. But I mean, yeah, enough, enough was enough, man. Darren Fox said, fuck it, dude. And that's what you want to see, man. That's, that's the kind of stuff that, uh, that needs to happen. And then you touched on how, you know, they've made some changes a couple times in the second half. It came out and came back and won those games. You would like to see when they're playing, you know, those teams that they, they take care of them early, but I'm not going to complain about wins, man. A win's a win and it's the NBA and, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. You said overlooking. I don't really understand that either. Sacramento has been in Florida for the last like six days. They're probably all partying and shit. So, uh, you know, just good to get out of there with the win, man. Now we're coming back home. Well, and I think that because the magic had, uh, won a big game a couple days before people were just saying that, like, I don't know. That's just the commentary, I guess. Uh, one thing on the magic real quick, before I go back to Fox is, uh, Paolo Banquero, that dude's dope, dude. He's he's more athletic than I thought he would. I mean, he's like more skilled, not athletic. He's more skilled than I thought he would be right away. You never know when guys are coming into the league because they're they are athletic and they have the size. But you kind of wonder that dude is he 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 can take the ball from baseline to baseline. He can handle the ball. He he's, he was pulling up on mid range. That guy's gonna be really good. So that was fun to watch. Ball ball was. It's 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 amazing. I want to talk about this more. It's amazing how Bobo just torched Harrison Barnes. Just you know, I made a I made a a, a joke on Twitter. So I was like, uh, you know, Bobo is you know better than HB is a joke. Um, all right, uh, real quick on Fox, real quick. I right, had a couple of notes. I saw this, and I'm gonna go with that. It's true because this is a, per sources, per sources. Uh, it says that Darren Fox Ryan hasn't missed a free throw in five straight games. Twenty one for twenty one. I saw that. I so I'm gonna go with that. That's that's great. Last week, you and I had talked about De'Aaron Fox, and that's something we had a little bit of conversation around. I believe you pointed out a lot was about his free throws and what that can do. And last night, even in a technical situation, he shot the free throws, which is which is saying a lot. So that was that's huge. Um, and then as far as taking over the game, uh, De'Aaron Fox is his willing his willingness to pull up to pull up for mid range. Uh, he hit he hit two big ones like. In the last few minutes, he banked the one to kind of uh, get them uh, right there at the end. And then he's even pulled a couple threes, free throws. So, yeah, the willingness to take over, the confidence, the stats are reflective of that. I mean, at this point, he's starting to kind of close the gap on what the naysayers were saying. And I get Ella juiced when 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 he when he does well. And then he obviously hits the full court shot. And then and one thing I put out was like everybody who who doubted this dude the last year can just kiss my ass. Cause there's so many people out there, even in Kingsland who just, just doubted that dude, man, last year, just hating, hating. It's like some point, um, be along for the ride. The guy's young. He's taken it to the next level. Like, I, you know, no, there's no criticism you can put on the dude right now at all. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where you would try to hate on his game, dude. I, I don't, I don't know. I, he's all around, uh, better, but you know, I don't know. Do you think he's that much better than he was last year? Or do you think the situation in Sacramento is just that much better, right? Like me and you have kind of been about this for a few years. The only thing that I'll give him is obviously that that free throw shooting has improved, you know, 21 for his last 21. I didn't see that, but if that's true, you know, great. That's your big improvement, you know, but I, me and you have been huge advocates for Darren Fox in the, in the last few years. And we've been saying like, dude, this guy's a fucking star, but you know, when you're in a shit situation with a shit coach and, uh, you know, obviously playing out of position like he was playing off ball for most of the season last year. Uh, you know, now it's finally playing to Deer and Fox's strengths and looks what's hap- look what's happening. You know, the guy is going to average over 26 points per game this year. Right? Like the guy, you know, is going to be on the all-star ballot, dude. Like there's gonna, you know what I mean? Like there's there's gonna be a real case for him to be an all-star this year. So uh yeah, man. I, to answer your question, I I believe that it's it's more he he was at this level last year because he showed it the year before. Dude, dude dropped twenty five a game the year before, and then they go into last last year and they want to play Tyrese Halliburton and move him off ball. We we talked about it for a year. We were on that shit, and that was probably the biggest hill we were willing to die on last year was the was that they're doing a massive disservice to the best player. 
Uh, and when you look back at this, like a five-year stretch of De'Aaron Fox's career, one day you're going to look back and you see this little dumpy little down year. If you look at it on a graph, you're going to see a down year and then it blimp right back up to baseline, which will probably continue to be his baseline for some time. And that is strictly due to coaching and his role. And when you move a guy out of out of uh, position like that, last year for the first two months, Fox was timid, didn't really know what to do. The Kings sucked. There was a, there wasn't a great shooters. The talent in the team was kind of garbage. It was not a good situation. So that's why you know to give us credit, so to speak, Brian is like that last year people weren't willing to see that, and to us it was extremely obvious. Like it was really obvious, but people weren't willing to did, couldn't see that last year. So all these takes that come out to us were just baffling, and. I'm glad I'm glad to see him come back. We always say something about players is they we always kind of they always regress to their mean Ryan or they always get get back to that if you know pro- progress to it if that makes sense. So they they basically are what they are and you know so you can't be too opinionated when there's a small sample size sample size of an extreme one way kind of or the other I guess. And so that's kind of what happened last year is that people started and you know what I think it was last year, and I think it was all the people that didn't want it. For some reason, there's this group of people in Kingsland that exists that just don't want to see Darren Fox succeed because they don't, for some reason, they don't like that type of basketball or something. I, I don't know. They'd much prefer to see some pick and roll, you know, point guard I, I, that can shoot a three. I don't know. It's because not what they per se like that they they want to bring it down. And so and the moment that they got the opportunity to uh, kind of feel some type of affirmation from other people when it came to Fox. They were jumping all over it. But where are they now? You know, they look dumb. It's the same people who who had dumb takes for the last couple of years with Holmes, with Bogey, with Tanking. So it's the same people, dummies, dumbasses, you know? Yeah, you still see those same exact people. I'm sure if you guys are on Twitter and Kingsland and stuff, you're still seeing those same people uh, making posts about Tyrese Halliburton, talking about how good he is. And all this shit, you know, it's just, you, you've said it multiple times, but, you know, it's all them people just trying so hard to be right about something so wrong. You yeah, know? they were they, they're just trying to be right, man. They're just trying to be right, dude. And it's like, bro, like, you, you know, it, it's okay not to be right. You know, like we've, we've had some takes that I'm sure if we look back and yeah, I was probably wrong about that. Uh, it's okay. But when you, when you start digging yourself into a hole, and you start doubling down just because like you want to be right so bad. You just start doubling down on shit takes instead of taking a step back and be like, you know what? I was wrong. That's cool. Good. I'm glad it worked. It ended up working out in the long run. Um, you know, that's, that's, that should be how it's done, but you start making stupid ass. I, I hate that crap, dude. I, I see it every day in Kingsland, dude. And every single day, I don't even, I don't even bother with it no more, dude. I don't give people the time of day who make shit takes like that and double and triple down on them. That's just some real life shit. People like that. People in life are like that. They just want to, I don't know. They just want to be that, just call it what it is. And, 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 you know, if you don't know, then don't be so aggressive in your take. Like if you're unsure, there's a lot of things that I stay away from on here, Ryan, because I'm not really sure how many I was, I remember the podcast last week. You had said something about Casey Apollo in, in the first game or two. Like I had my doubts, but like you had made a, a, a line. You're like I, I don't know, maybe there's something I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, so so sometimes you could yeah, That's why we're very much against when people try to use locker room guy as a fucking like uh, attribute to. You're not in there. You don't know. You really don't know. And and honestly, it doesn't even translate to the court anyway. Um, we stay away from a heavy X and O's stuff on here because. Am I really good? You know, at the end of the day, uh, who are you guys going to believe? Like fucking me and Ryan? Or are you going to believe, you know, the coaches? Like now we can have opinions about usage and this and that. But sometimes like you stay away from what you don't know and you you can have your opinion, but you don't have to die on that fucking hill and be so aggressive about it. And that's really what happened is that people like like you said, they wanted to be right about being so wrong. And then they doubled. How many, how many times have you seen that? Even outside of the Kings, you've seen people that just do things like that in life. Like they just want to. It's like probably my biggest pet peeve in life uh, is when people just talk out of their ass and say stuff. And you just know you're like, come on, dude. Like that is that's not. And that, I think that's really what happened. And in the thing on Tyrese Albert and Ryan, because 
I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the the uh, Bill Simmons uh quote article podcast take whatever it was that came out this last week, um and and it said that maybe the Kings should trade Darren Fox to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook in the tw- like 2027 29 28 first round pick. Okay, like how I, Brian, we haven't done a trash take in the week in in a long time. That's something we used to do early on the podcast, and we stopped doing that. But you know what? Trash take of the week, dude. Really try. Oh, oh, you're gonna trade De'Aaron Fox to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook and a 2028 for Hey fan base. You know, let's you know let's wait. Uh, you know, six years, six more years for that payoff, and you can get Russell Westbrook's expiring contract. That's fucking stupid. That's so stupid. Look, you know, it's funny you brought that up because. Uh... Damian Barling had a tweet that I was just looking at right now <laughs> referring to that same thing. It says Davion Mitchell's the best guard on the Sacramento Kings with a bunch of clown emojis. <laughs> oh yeah. And that, that so, was the other thing. It was, it was built around Davion Mitchell. It was built around, and, and it's the same exact yes, thing. It's two it, years it was in built a row around now, Davion dude. Mitchell. Dude. Yeah. It's two years in a row. Everyone sees, we, we've talked about that take before on Kings has hell of times is that that's, that's one of my fucking most frustrating things about, about young uh, potential bench players is that, they 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 get all the benefit and reward of what they could do, what they potentially could do in time, but they never actually have to prove it. So when that's what happened last year with with Halburn, and that's what some of these dumbass people, very small minority, are doing with Davion Mitchell, is that they're comparing you know Darren Fox, who's compounded success over and over in this league, to a Davion Mitchell who's never had to do it. Right. But, you know, some for some reason, gets benefit of the doubt. For some reason, you know, he never has to prove it. It's like, that's stupid, dude. That's a stupid thing. It's a potential small sample size. You know, so I hate that per 48 stat, Ryan. It's the dumbest shit ever. Cool. Like, if you, you, you know, like that's, that's, it's dumb, I guess is what I'm trying to say. All, all of it, all the takes are dumb. And it's most people just trying to be right. It's just people trying to double down. Uh, and honestly, dude. Haters gonna hate, bro. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, so something that I wanted to talk about to move us into because it's been a trend this season, and I wanted to hear your take on it. It's about Sabonis. So Sabonis is, uh, I like Sabonis, and I, I'm probably a uh, uh, an apologist if there is one for Sabonis. Uh, and we can go into that, I guess. But there's some criticism on the dude around Kingsland. And I, when we did our thing, or we always do our thing ahead of the season, like number one player who Kings cast is going to have to defend. And I, I don't think either of us listed Sabonis, but I feel like that might, I'm going to have to change my pick, dude. That might be the guy this year. I might have to be fending off fuckers. You know, what do you think? Yeah, the guy's got some flaws, but you know, everybody, everybody has flaws. Okay. And you've always talked about is, especially like in a team like Sacramento, dude, when you, you know, you haven't been very good and stuff, it's your flaws are going to be uh, out there for everybody to see, but it's ultimately the responsibility of the front office and the coaching staff to hide your flaws. Okay. Great. Hey, that's it's a great no, take, dude. Great. Take. It's no, it's no secret that DeMontis Sabonis is not a rim protector. Okay. There's no secret. He doesn't play defense. Okay. He's been in foul trouble almost every single game of the season. All right. But what does Sacramento, what does the front office and the coaching staff do? They give him an undersized Rashawn Holmes, who's proven now 100% that he shouldn't have got any type of money. The guy, in my opinion, uh, is exactly who we thought he was. He's a uh, probably third big man, you know, off the bench for most teams. Um, that's who you've surrounded him with. That's the, you know, Keegan Murray, who's a rookie. Okay, who's not going to rim protect? Harrison Barnes, who plays the four a lot, is not going to rim protect. So your job as a franchise, especially when you have a 25-year-old two-time all-star, is to hide his flaws, all right? You need him to do what he's good at. Don't ask him to do what he's not good at. And that's kind of what happened. And that's going to be, like you said, that's the hill we're going to have to die on, man. Like Sacramento has not done him any type of justice in bringing in a rim protector. You know, and, and bringing in somebody who uh, who can hide those flaws. So it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be a long year with that dude. And, you know, it kind of goes towards the Buddy Heald things from the last few years. 
Buddy Hill was a straight jump shooter. That is all. But when you ask him to play make and you ask him to have the ball in his hands and distribute and you ask him to t- try to take guys off the dribble and stuff, what happens? The guy looks like a bag of ass. And now he's back having probably his best year of his career so far. You know, you have to you have to play to your players' strengths, not to their weaknesses. Have them, you know, do what they do and don't ask them to do what they don't do. So the guy lives down on an island down low. I mean, the Kings are a soft team around the perimeter for the most part. Uh, and honestly, a soft team down low because they don't have anybody else they can even put down there. It's like Alex Len, they don't even want to play him. Uh, Holmes is a absolute non-factor. He is a non-factor. I've been putting it out this week. You know, Ryan, maybe petty of me. It may be me being an asshole or an immature. I'll accept that. But Jesus Christ, for two Years, dude, we had to argue with people legitimately about Rashawn Holmes and how not good he is, you know, or not, not, not that he's not good, but not as good as they propped him up to be. Okay, like we, it was so annoying, and it was so annoying that now he's got the money. He's got the money. The dude makes twelve million. He's on the hook for three more years, making twelve million. Okay, he is a straight non-fucking factor. So they can't even play him. Okay, and th- I mean, last night they threw in Metu. Metu looks even better than Holmes. What the hell, dude? You know, I, the only other the, the other guy I like, and I was getting kind of some pushback because is I like Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles seems to be the only guy I can go out there and play. Trey Lyles can hit a three. I think he hit four of them against the Orlando uh, the other day. He's, he hits a three. He plays a little defense. Dude, is Trey Lyles the guy? No. Is he the NWL? No. But he's the one. He's only he's the only guy, honestly, and out of the front court. Besides Simonis, who can play, and and guess what he doesn't do? He ain't, he ain't covering the rim. He ain't playing TV. He's undersized. That's kind of his deal. So yeah, fucking, it's on the front office to put guys around him, and that's where I'm gonna defend and fend off people all year on Sabonis. Is I won't even criticize the guy, honestly, because I know what he is. Like yeah, he's not the best uh, free throw shooter. And even so, last night, he dropped. You have to quote me, Ryan, but I'm pretty sure he dropped like 20, 25. He, you he, know, he was 25 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. And that's literally on, going like 3 for 9 from the free throw line, on, on 10 of 14 from the field and 0 for 1 from the three-point line and 5 for 12 on his free throws. 5 for 12. So even he had a couple at the end of the game. But at one point, he was he's 1 for 7. He's getting crushed. So even with that, here's the thing about Sabonis. As much as he is soft in a lot of areas, the guy scores and the guy fucking rebounds. Okay. Now, if Sabonis was one of these guys out there uh, that, you know, like a Ryan, like a Jaron Jackson, okay, who gets 18 points, 17 points, 16, but only gets like six rebounds or five rebounds. Okay. That shit would piss me off. And I wouldn't, I would actually be totally against that guy for the rest of my life. But, uh, Dude, he, he gets double-digit rebounds. I mean, he had 15 the other game. You know, the guy rebounds, so at least he does that. No one else does it. How many times in the last couple of years, Ryan, have you and I uh, went into the arena before he got here, and we would just completely bet the opposing team centers over on rebounds regardless of how much it was, and we would pretty much hit. It was easy easy money, dude. I don't even make that bet anymore. So, you know, you're right. You got you to gotta cover, cover him, and then I will say, like I said, not the X's and O's. I'm not going to try to break it down, but there's a lot of value when you have a guy who can score 25 points inside the paint and around the paint. Uh, there was a quote that came out yesterday. I think I sent it to you, Kevin Horder, Horder, Herder, Harder. We keep trying to Herder out to say that. Yeah, I'm just joking. I, I I know what they they say his name is. All right, they they say uh. He had a quote. It says, my role has the potential to expand a bit more here. A lot of that has to do with DeMontis Sabonis. Dude, there's a lot of value when you have a guy inside. It opens up things. So he passes well as well. I don't know. I just don't want to hear the criticism, man, because honestly, I think the criticism should be pointed elsewhere. So if you had to pick on some people to point it at, Ryan, who are you going to pick it at, point it at right now in this well, stretch of the season? Who's your number one I'm gonna, fucking target? Uh, honestly, Harrison Barnes, dude. Sorry, man. You know, everybody wants to talk about, oh, he's such this. He's a, you know, he's a locker room guy and he does a little bit of everything. I'm sorry, man. This guy played 35 fucking minutes last night, had nine points, five rebounds, four for 10 from the field, one for four from the three point line. You know, 
and I could I could live with it, dude. If he was like we've said, if he was like a lockdown defender, fuck yeah, dude. I'll take that all day long. But the fact that you're not playing no defense, you're not rim protecting, and you're not a good rebounder, you have to bring something to the you know you have to bring something. He literally I watched yesterday. Okay, Darren Fox get in gets into the paint in the fourth quarter, throws it to the corner to a wide open Harrison Barnes, dude, wide open. He fucking airballs it from the corner, dude. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. It was like in a, it was like coming down at kind of crunch time. And it's just like, holy shit, dude, you have to be able to airball. Come on, man. You know, so I'm, I'm going to be on that shit all year, dude. I'm going to be on it. The guy is on an expiring contract. Uh, it looks like Sacramento's headed in the right direction. It looks like, uh, you know, he had his worst game of his career so far yesterday, Keegan Murray, but it looks like Keegan Murray's more than capable to start at the three and and take over that role for Harrison Barnes for the next few years. So I'm going to be on it, dude. He has to find a way to uh, affect the game. He has to find a way to to uh, to be a positive on the on the stat sheet and on the game, dude. I'm you, you can't you can't play 35 fucking minutes a night, dude, and not score. You can't. I'm getting close, Ryan. I don't even. I don't care if this is even smart or not. But I'm not saying. Okay, I'll say this hypothetically. I wouldn't really trip, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be concerned. I wouldn't worry if they just put Trey Lyles in the starting lineup and put uh, HB on the bench. I don't think it would matter. I don't think it would affect anything. That's that's you know the, the Harrison Barnes throws career is what he is. He's not a bad player. Obviously, when you can score, you know, mid teens consistently play out there, play two positions. You have value, and I think he has value in the trade market because of that. But uh, it's it's not what the Kings need. They ha- you, you know you know, and that's the thing with players. When you acquire players, sign players, is that you have an, a, an idea or vision of what their role is. Well, when they got here, someone that was another GM ago. That was like what three coaches ago. That literally that's three three coaches ago. Um and. They had a vision for him, and the team was at a different place. Now they're several years later, new coaches. N- everyone else is taking it to the next level. He's the oldest player on the roster. Yeah, at this point, like it didn't work. Okay, not I don't blame him why it didn't work the last couple of years. And t- I, I don't, I, I you know, but there's a lot other factors to that. But at this point, like it's not what the Kings need, and it's actually probably going to turn into a problem. Yeah, I mean. He's not the oldest player in the roster, Della Vadova, I guess. But, um, dude, look at this. Harrison Barnes, dude. He's averaging, you know, how many points is this? Let me see real quick. 11 points per game, all right? But he's shooting freaking – I'm fine. 11 points per game, like, it is what it is, right? You're going to be the fourth or fifth option. That's completely fine, all right? But this is the problem. He's shooting, he's shooting 38% from the field, okay? 18% from the three-point line 18 18 percent from the three-point line guys i could fucking go out there and might be able to shoot better than 18 percent dude yeah i don't know if in a real i don't know if in a real game you could yeah i might not be able to get the shot off you're right but you understand what i'm saying right like i'm i you know I'm, i'm exaggerating but it's like holy shit dude like there's a lot of guys in the NBA who could just throw up. He shoots almost four three pointers per game. Just throw up a shot. They're they're gonna go one for four. And it's not like and it's like this too. You know, like last night. It's not like he's not open. He was wide fucking open in the corner in the air ball. So it's like, you know, Harris, Harrison Barnes is that guy that I'm gonna be at all year. And it's like, dude, you can't shoot eighteen percent. Holy shit, dude! What is this freaking Dwight Howard out there? Well, it's and that's bad. that's kind of that's where my take is kind of going, right? Is that's not what they don't need him anymore to be a low block, get a bucket late in the shot clock score. They don't need him to be that guy on there who can kind of, you know, be have some scoring versatility, so to speak, from from all over if needed. They they don't need that little bit of everything guy. What the Kings really would benefit now from is either a player who can shoot a little bit better and is just bigger. Or just someone who's all straight up defense and he offers maybe not really much on, on on it doesn't really I mean that really is gonna serve them when you're a number of, it's like like I said, where the roster has changed over the last bunch of years, like a tremendously. And you had a vision for the guy and you brought him in and that was his role. That's no longer his role right now. That's not what they need from him. And, and so it's kind of almost in the in the same light we talked about with Sabonis and and Buddy Hield in the past and every other player. Fox last year is like 
why ask a guy to do what they you know what they don't what they don't do you you know you're kind of getting a subpar version of that person by asking them to do that and so i think that it's it's inevitable they're going to move him i, I will you know they're they're gonna move him and, and so you know what's frustrating to me the most sitting here in this point this is why this is why over the years when we talk about contracts and managing assets we always talk about that when you're building a team it's not always about players a lot of it's about contracts and making the smart move and getting value when it's a salary cap league you have to do that and man how frustrating is it sitting honestly kings fans will be honest right now i'll ask you a straight question how frustrating is it that you have harrison barnes and rashawn holmes eating up about $30 million of cap space right now. Think about that. That's why that's why when when you know we're talking about Rashawn Holmes getting paid and Ryan are telling you no, let the guy walk, trade him. Who cares? Let just let him go. Well, 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 because at some point, maybe it's not in the next month or two, like it, you know, but maybe at some point in two to three years, or in, in Holmes's case, in less than a year, like uh, it's a it becomes a fucking hindrance and then now you're frustrated now you have an, a team which i would consider ascending you need you need 10 guys you need all 10 guys to play a real role you can't have any guys. holmes is not even playing he's a non-fucking factor when he does play he's lost he doesn't really offer anything that they need from him cool he does you, you know it, it, guys have to fucking play when you're on the bench you have to get in where you fit in and excel some guys can do it some guys can't it's it was great for Rashawn holmes when he was playing 30 minutes a night and, and being the primary pick and roll player to get his little, you know, 10 points or whatever he was doing. It, it was easy for him to do that, you know? And so it's so frustrating to sit here today and be like, HB and Holmes are eating up that much cap space. Two roster spots. What are they offering to the Kings? Legitimately, what are they offering the Kings? So, I would say that this year, like, you know, outside of what's going on in the court, that's that's a big win for me is if they can if they can trade those guys and somehow free up the cap and, and get a couple players like more power to them. And more power to them. And and it's in it like everything is is it, wish you would have done it sooner, right? Wish it was this wish this would have been done sooner kind of deal, right? Because now now it only if you had done it before you're gonna you know you'd reap the benefits at at that time. Now you're gonna reap the benefits later on, and that's what's that's you know it's not to be pessimistic because like we said I think we're really excited about where the King season's at and what they're doing and everything. But that's that's the biggest hole is like come on guys you got these veteran players so to speak everyone loved is making a bunch of money and they're not doing shit non factors dude and that's a bit frustrating when you can kind of see it. When you kind of see the the uh the the closeness, I mean, look at the last bunch of games, Ryan. Playing the Miami Heat, you know, the not a, a a travel call that wasn't called that sucks. The first game against Portland, we were in the arena. I felt like the the Kings were right there, and probably you know, I'm I'm never gonna say should have won the game, but you know, they were there. We're right in the thick of it. I mean, that's how close things can be. It's and it's a long season, so to speak, but um. You want to squeeze when you're when your team like the Kings. That's what that's what other teams like like the Grizzlies, right? A couple of years ago, like the Knicks, when the Knicks went on that little run a couple of years ago. There's always these random teams out there that they they squeeze everything they they've got out of the roster out of the roster out of the sponge, so to speak. There, there's no wasted space. There's no wasted roles. There's not a bunch of bullshit. You don't have you know twenty percent of your active rotation just being a non-factor. And so that's what's fr- that that's going to kill me is at the end of the day if we you know get a couple months down the line you know yeah you know I, I completely agree when you have two guys on your roster that are making that type of money um you you know and you're a fringe team like sacramento you have to get the most out of that roster right um that's the recipe right there for not making the playoffs and uh you know those you got to be able to take that next step so for sacramento i don't think that you can uh you can afford to wait another year or two for um, you know, Harrison Barnes or Holmes, you know, you have to make the moves now and make sure that you get uh, get in the playoffs this year and you're heading in the right direction. We've came on here and talked about it multiple times. Um, I've said this multiple times that, you know, eventually De'Aaron Fox is going to get frustrated, right? And if you're not surrounding him with guys uh, to take him to the next level and get this roster where it needs to go, guys are going to get disgruntled. People are going to get fired. Guys are going to request trades. So um, I think it's extremely important when you have a guy like De'Aaron Fox, who's obviously statistically at that next level already, 
um, that you do everything you can to make sure that he's getting into the playoffs, getting in that national spotlight. Uh, but when you're paying two guys, almost 30 million who are two of the older guys on the roster, uh, two of the guys that um, aren't producing, they're playing poorly. You, you just can't have that. You have to maximize what you have now. Um, so I, come February, you know, I'm sure we always do our trade deadline specials and stuff, but I expect those two guys to be in the mix um, for guys that we have getting traded and uh, hopefully bringing back some dudes who can play a role, whether defensively or better shooters or rim protectors and kind of, uh, you know, hide those, um, those uh, bad attributes of the team. Well, you can't, and that's the thing is you can't make all the moves in one move. You can't, you can't solve all your problems rather in one foul swoop in one move. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So it's, you kind of got to do it piece by piece. And when you're doing things piece by piece, you can't, there's like, a, there are a lot of like variables that could come up. Like guys age out, they, their role changes. You may need to rely on them less. Can they still offer you what you, what, what you, you're going to need from that, that time you got to like project that. Um, and then at the end of the day, you have to maintain cap flexibility and, and really both of those takes right there, they really do apply to Harrison Barnes and then they apply to Rashawn Holmes and Rashawn and in Harrison Barnes's case, it really was about uh, where's this guy going to be three years from now. And is it going to be a uh, fact? Now, I think for him, I, at that time, you you expected Buddy Hill to be a core player. You expected Marvin Bagley to develop. So, you know, I don't, I, as I said, I don't blame him. And honestly, I don't blame the Kings. I really don't. I don't blame anybody. I'm not angry about it. I'm not frustrated about it. It's just now it, I feel that it's ran its course. And with it being expiring, with his value in the league, it's the time. It's time. It's just time. I'm just pointing it out. Now I'm not hating on me. Rashawn Holmes, though, I am hating on that because that's purely about bad cap management. I think, I think. Monty McNair has been a magician. We call him Monty Big Balls McNair since he's been here. He's drafted well. He's managed assets well. He's let some guys walk. Uh, but I think with Rashawn Holmes, dude, I think that dude felt the pressure of the fan base. And I think that he felt the pressure of ownership. I really do. Because I think any basketball acumen, uh, you know, would have went would have went in there and looked and not done that. I think the big one was when how he didn't get traded and people like, or they signed him and everyone's like, well, the, you know, there was a huge market. There's just this huge, trust me, there was a huge market. But we heard, we're like, I don't think there was a market for him. I, I don't. I don't think there was a market for him. So I think anybody with actual basket acumen would have not given him that contract. You know what I mean? Yeah, obviously there was no market because people were saying that in Sacramento, at least, oh, Sean Holmes going to get 18 to 20 million. And then the Kings sign him for, you know, 11 point whatever. Um, I think the market was non-existent. I think um, everybody kind of saw what Rashawn Holmes was, um, just like we did. And and the thing is, is it comes off as we're hating. I I don't think Rashawn Holmes is a bad NBA player. I think he has a role in the NBA, but in Sacramento, he got elevated. They elevated him to this place where I was seeing posts. We need to. We need everyone's everyone's tradable except for Rashawn Holmes. Seriously, that was those were takes that were going around. Trade the whole roster, build around Rashawn Holmes. That's the kind of shit that was happening in in Sacramento. And um, you know, McNair, yeah, that's probably his one his one bad move so far, uh, where he felt the pressure. But I mean, he you can't be perfect, dude. He was probably walking around the concourse like I am in Sacramento, seeing all these goddamn Rashawn Holmes jerseys for some freaking reason and he was like fuck man you know we weren't very good i probably need to you know make sure i sell a little bit of tickets <laughs> you know what i mean like i gotta do a little bit of something so uh it is what it is man it's we might look back a year from now and sacramento might take another step and get truly in the middle of the pack and we're going to be looking at that rashawn holmes uh, contract and be like, damn, I really wish we didn't have this on our roster right now. I, I really wish we didn't. So, shit, looking back, dude, we were looking ahead. And that's what, that's what kills me. That's why I bring it up. I thought it was worthy of a conversation because it's, uh, you know, people like to make takes, Ryan, over time. They like to make takes, but then there's been some people out there with us who've gone with us on, on the, on the chat. You know, on the Kingsland threads and all that stuff. And they've gone toe-toe with us. And, but people don't like to revisit their takes. They don't like to look back 
three months, six months, one year. They don't like to look back on that stuff. Oh, I just focus on the past, whatever, whatever. Eh, you know, you're, you're pretty passionate about that. You know what I mean? So it's worth, it's, it's worthy of, of, of addressing it. And to wrap the take on him, uh, the, the, the Kings, I think, you know, as I think besides the fan pressure, I think the Kings tried to go cheap. I think they were like, you know what? If we can kind of get our center position for 10, 10 million, you know, 12 million, something in that range and, and, and kind of land that, then we might be able to kind of cheap out on that position and go elsewhere. But I think they found out real quickly, which is funny. They found out real quickly because get, they, they traded for Zabonis, you know, within three months. So they, they clearly knew if they, they would have made that move, if they did know that was the sign, you know, people can tell you things and you can believe them or people can show you through their actions. And then you, you really know. And uh, the King, what have the Kings shown you through their actions? Right. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, we've, we've made our point and I, I'm going to probably continue to make this point as long as these players become a hindrance and until something's done about it. And, and, and you know, I'm not going to beat the podcast with it, but I do want to consistently bring it up and put it in the back of people's minds because the Rashawn Holmes things was probably one of the biggest it, I would say besides the, the bogey versus buddy thing, it was the, this one probably even bigger. It was the biggest thing where you and I were just, basically on an island plus or minus a couple people we were totally on an island out there for literally two years and so sometimes you you, you got to be the only one to make the point um looking ahead on some kings games ryan too bad there's not a lot of home we talked about last week not a lot of home games are coming up so they were on a, like a road stretch but there is one coming up this wednesday against the Cavs. so that's cool and then next sunday at home versus the Warriors. You know what I, dude, I don't think I want to go. They're playing the Warriors two times the next week. Uh, we, we talked about how shitty that is for the Kings, but at least you get out of the way. I don't really want to go to the Warriors games in the Golden One Center anymore. I went last year. It was probably the most annoying. I, You know what I really, I didn't think about this. I don't know why, but dude, Warriors fans are just Raiders fans. It's, just, it's the same dumbasses, same people. It's the same fucking people. It's 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 the low life uh, Raiders fans and the low life Niners fans. It's the same goddamn people. They're they're in the arena Warriors. I'm like okay, like so basically you just you just saying the Raiders shit. Just you know there was a guy in front of me the entire time yelling. You know I'm like I can't do this. This is annoying. I can't do this, man. Are are you planning on going to any of these or, or are you 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 moving off the tickets? What are you gonna do? I already gave the Golden State tickets away. Um... And the Cleveland game, I am actually texting the guy right now who has season tickets next to me. We're trying to figure out a way where I, he wants to go Wednesday. So I'm probably going to give him the tickets and I'm going to swap out some tickets later on with him in the season so I could bring some friends to the game. Um, but yeah, I'm probably not going to be at, at, down at the Golden One for a short minute. Probably I'm looking the next game, maybe November 20th at like 3 p.m. It's against the Pistons, dude. Um, that might be the next game that I'd be able to make it to. That'd be a fun one to go to. Yeah, I think I'm I'm staring down the barrel and I'm right ahead of that. I'm, I've already committed to go to the uh, at Los Spurs. I like when they put this on their jerseys. Los Spurs. Uh, that that'd be good. Hopefully they win that one. Um, all right, Ryan. I don't know. We talked about it on the trends at this point. Like it's still wait and see. We got to wait until after Christmas to make a decision. Um, I I. You got to be happy with the Kings being on the road, competing with some teams um, like they have. Even in some of the close losses against the Clippers, you know, two point two point loss. They they kind of stormed back last week uh, against the or two weeks ago rather against the Warriors. Uh, you know, so they're 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 playing well. They're doing their thing. Darren Fox is hot. Keegan Murray looks like the guy. Sabonis is what he is. We can save it for the next time, Ryan. I'm not going to crush the guy early, but Davion Mitchell's a player to watch. He's the, he's the guy I'm going to watch. I'm going to put I'm going to put the, the target on him because you have he's going to have to find a way to to play uh, off of the bench and and, and kind of succeed there just because of the role he's in, right, Ryan? And he's kind of not doing that right now, and that is a bit concerning. But let's chill out and wait until the next time so we have more things to pitch about. So. Um. Yeah. So, hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact and be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter at face and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan. Um, we're pretty active, including Kingsland. Check that out. Join it. Pools, game threads. Interact with us and other people. If you want to support Kingscast, please slide down on Apple Podcasts. 
or slide up on Spotify after the show and leave us a five-star review. It really does help us uh, reach more Kings fans just like you. And if you ever want to check out more episodes, you can always find us on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.